Hello, and welcome to Champion Casters, a podcast about heroes and craft, where we analyze the motifs and themes behind your favorite film and television heroes, and everything we say is in Comic Sans. I'm Michael Ruiz. And I'm Joe Tomlin. And today we're talking about uh, the one, the king of all monsters, the only, Godzilla. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I didn't think we'd be here. Like, what are we, four, are we four episodes into this? Like, <laughs> this, I believe, is episode five. Uh, it's episode going to be, five, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is going to be, or five or six, some. This is, this is an episode, and we're talking about uh, a giant, uh, ancient uh, T-Rex that's imbued with the power of radiation and nuclear bombs. Sure. Yeah. And we think he's a hero, or at least he's a hero to us. At very least, this seems to be the direction that Godzilla is heading. I do think that you know there's conversations happening around that. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't exactly be those uh, people championing those, but I would recommend going to look that up because I do think it's interesting. But we're going to talk about at least how it's contextualized within the craft of those two movies. But before we get too deep into it, Joe, I just have a to kind of start this off. Uh, do you like kaiju's like the design look? Do you are you a fan? Yeah, I am a fan of kaiju's. Uh, I'm not sure if I ever told you this story, but when I was little and I was first getting into movies, we had this chain called Hollywood Video. Oh my God. Hollywood Video, not Blockbuster Video, because Blockbuster was like the, the like national chain. And I think Hollywood might've been only local. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, video rental services, they had all sorts of DVDs and VHSs. They even had video games too. I rented a bunch of Crash Bandicoot games there. Mm-hmm. But they had an entire section dedicated to kaiju movies and a bunch of Godzilla movies. And I'd always be like, Mom, Dad, I want to go see that. And they would be like, no, I don't know why. I don't know why they said this. Maybe they were being xenophobic. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they thought that they were like actual horror movies. Uh, little, did I, little did they know, they were like no different than the Power Rangers movies that I was renting. Yeah. Like, they were almost exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yes, I'm a fan of kaiju. I think they're really fun. What about you? Uh, I agreed. I think I like just like the idea of big, like the idea of just big monsters stomping around. It was cool mm-hmm. enough for me. I think the designs are kind of cool. It, mm-hmm. you, sometimes they can get a little too uh, chimera-esque of just like, well, what if you put a, you know, a scorpion tail on a, you know, a, a dinosaur? <laughs> and those ones might be kind of silly. And I guess all the... Does that mean you're not a fan of King Ghidorah? Isn't Ghidorah, like, winged, like, like Hydra-esque with, like, the three heads? He's got three heads and two spike tails and wings. Oh, I didn't see the two. I thought it, I didn't know it was two spike tails. I thought it was one spike tail. Nah, two. Two. Two for the price of one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn. Well, uh, I guess, you know, good thing uh, Godzilla bites his head off. <laughs> True. But anyway, you don't like those, sorry to interrupt your train of thought, but so you don't like those kinds of monsters where they, they just, they, they look like a mashup. I mean, I do. I mm-hmm. just think that like some of them work for me, some of them don't. I also, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you why. Maybe it's my kind of uh, long loving uh, affection for reptiles that makes me like those ones a little bit more. And you just get to see, oh, whoa, giant lizard, <laughs> giant turtle. You know? I love it. I do love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you have to do to impress me kind of thing. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe this is just this is just my like lizard brain being like, whoa, cool monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's strange because these movies, despite kind of like being so prevalent, it's interesting that like some of them also attempt to have like a full scale plot as we understand mm-hmm. them. They try to have this plot about people that's loosely connected with like the monster in some ways and in true like kind of dual plot fashion both of them only meet their head at the same time so there's this weird like interpersonal drama happening at the same time there's this monster stomping around and it's just like i feel like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't because it's, and it, i feel like most of it might come down to flavor just how much does this work for you or not yeah i mean clearly this doesn't work for shannon she refused to watch any of these movies with me <laughs> is that true yeah Ah. Uh. Our associate but, producer. Yes, not not a fan of, uh, of most action movies, I would say. Yeah, it's fine. 
Yeah, that's it, totally understandable. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the reason why these films tend to have physical and like emotional climaxes between monsters and humans is because it, you might be able to feel the weight of both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like from a film plot structure, that makes the most sense to have mm-hmm. these beats happen at once because you you can't have two humans stomping around a city <laughs> destroying the city yeah um it has to be the monsters so it does come around it does eventually come down to like how effectively are we invested in these monsters fighting each other mm-hmm. and i guess uh full full like uh transparency with our audience here We've, in preparation for talking about this episode, we watched the original Godzilla movie from 1954. Mm-hmm. Um, not the American dubbed uh, translation, but the original. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen the Gareth Edwards Godzilla movie from, what was it, 2014? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the one that has Brian Cranston in the first act, and then he's just gone. Um, and then but he dies. The, he, then he dies, uh, even though the whole film was like, trailered to have him as like the lead role when really it was uh scarlet witch and quicksilver mm-hmm. and then we also watched its sequel uh godzilla king of the monsters um, mm-hmm. which is funny because that was uh the subtitle given to it for the english dub of the original movie mm-hmm. and now this is all leading up to godzilla versus kong which is also the first godzilla <laughs> fight movie yeah yeah it's all paralleling it's all connecting yeah, they're kind of, it's like it's having a resurgence, right? And I feel like it's even stranger because that movie is 100% just being marketed as a fight movie. It kind of has like, like if you go and watch the trailer, it very much has like a UFC style trailer where it's like, <laughs> it's you know, it's got big music playing. It's like, like, you know, in time with like the beat as they're punching each other. It's not meant to be scary. It is, it is like meant to be almost like a, a hammed up version, like verse match between these two. Like, I don't think Logan Paul versus KSI was built up in this way. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's just, I guess, like, like Joe said, this is just in preparation because we're going to be talking about that movie as well because we're giving our brains a chance to kind of turn off and kind of just indulge ourselves into these very, like, silly movies that still have, like, I think they have some merit to them because... Joe, as like we've kind of briefly talked about off mic, we both ended up liking the 1954 Godzilla movie and like kind of the story it had to tell more than we were expecting to. I'm sure I had seen it before when I was like a kid or something. I watched it when my grandpa had like the sci-fi channel on or something. And I'm sure I must have seen it, but I didn't register any of it. Like I didn't really see what this story was actually trying to be about. It was just, you know, it was just, whoa, cool, giant lizard, you know? <laughs> And, like, these lights show up in his back, and then he, like, shoots at this light beam, and then for some reason everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in that movie specifically, Godzilla is, and and this has been, if you're here listening to us talk about Godzilla, you probably already know this, but, you know, it's a metaphor for nuclear radiation after U.S. bombed them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's like it's like not even a metaphor. They like explicitly state that. That's it's like it's like it's just it's like took the subtext and they're just running with it now. Yeah. Um it's just like, hey, remember all that destruction? Well, it's gonna happen again. Through the plot of that movie and the way in which they try to take care of um Godzilla, the the drama is really well earned. Mm-hmm. Uh through through that plot line because there are themes of anti-war mm-hmm. anti basically anti-military uh, industrial complex yes and that these new technologies that we developed to try and like outmatch the next one first it was the a-bomb then it was the h-bomb and now as we know it's intercontinental nu- nuclear missiles as we have it mm-hmm. today but yeah the there, there was this device in the original movie called the oxygen destroyer and mm-hmm. the climax of that film is about whether or not to use that device to destroy, uh, to destroy Godzilla. And yeah, that was uh, that made sense. Yeah, it's I I think that this is like a really this like debate is actually something that's long lasting and really kind of gave way to something that we were also talking about off mic just before this, and I feel like it's good for us to kind of like bring it up because 
in superhero movies, especially with the release of the Snyder Cut, and this is kind of back into fashion about, like, does Batman kill people? But, like, that's, like, superhero movies' bread and butter. Like, you know, there's always going to be a, a superhero that is kind of, like, torn between should I, you know, should I, like, kill or not? That's, like, a Psychology 91 question that's been, like, constantly in the circles of and cycles of, like, superhero movies. And I feel like this feels like the the true question people should be asking what type of like when one person is allowed to do this what type of repetitive behavior is there therefore then allowed afterward and that's what this movie's drama seems to be about with specifically uh eye patch doctor uh serizawa the film justifies itself by saying just this once mhm just this once will we'll, mm-hmm. he'll die he'll destroy his knowledge so no one can ever use it again Mm-hmm. But just this once. We need to get rid of Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, because Godzilla is a threat. The threat of radiation uh, is real. Mm-hmm. It still is. It's tragic, but it is framed as a heroic sacrifice for the most part. You know, it mm-hmm. has, like, the soft violins playing. He's, like, kind of looking outside of his suit. And it's, like, very much going between, you know, Godzilla, then him, then Godzilla, then him. And it very much feels like a... It feels like a reconciliation of this character also coming to kind of combat his uh, kind of his demons and mm-hmm. like all his uh, regrets. And yeah, it's it's this literal explosive finale. And yeah, that is, I think, the core of that type of like quandary of like specifically like kind of bringing in like essentially finding justice in a world as like a direct result of injustice. Right. Mm hmm. And yeah, I just think it's like, it's just weird to think that in this movie written in 1954, you know, in a very, also like, while still being kind of like, actually was handling like the theme of that infinitely better than probably like movies do now. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to throw shade at uh, Watchmen the movie, but like that movie sucks. <laughs> Watchmen the movie tried its best to just directly adapt the, the comic and the problem mm-hmm. is without that, uh, without that context, and without the the B the running B plot that goes in through that comic, that was completely uh, scrapped mm-hmm. for the movie. But w- without all that context, the movie doesn't quite work. No, it kind of is just like wow, everyone's an asshole, and that's yeah. it. So yeah. Anyway, I'm with grumpy old Alan Moore on this one. That movie shouldn't have been adapted. But <laughs> that's a conversation for a different episode. With the way in which themes have been adapted for Godzilla specifically, Godzilla has evolved from being this metaphor for radiation to kind of this metaphor for nature. Yes, this is, isn't it weird? Mm-hmm. Like, this, these new movies are introducing a certain type of lore, right? Of like a before time, like they're kind of, they're kind of owning the whole like pre-Jurassic period style yeah. approach. And they're kind of doing it all in this like weird uh, monster verse, right? Like now all the monsters known now as Titans all exist in the same place. Uh, you know, Mothra, Rodan, you know, King Ghidorah, like all of them exist now. And they were all this like Titan thing that are, you know, here to kind of like bring balance to our world, right? That's like the the pitch made by like the eco-fascist mom in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Until until you like find out that King Ghidorah is like an alien or something. Yep. It's no, you don't get it. You don't get it. It's an invasive species. It doesn't belong oh here. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I feel like what they were trying to do is own like pick apart pieces from the original movie and the original like the earlier movies that they could take on and be like, see, we're paying homage to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like the idea of because there's there's this. A line at the beginning of the first Godzilla movie that says, "Oh, he there. Godzilla is an ancient, like, local myth. So the concept has been around for a while. Yeah, and radiation happened to wake him up. Mm-hmm. And, but in this new MonsterVerse, uh, apparently he lives in Atlantis, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he lives in Atlantis, and he loves gobbling up radiation. So the only thing that we could do naturally is throw nuclear bombs at him." Mm-hmm. Um, which is fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we going to talk about how, like, 
they like like this whole like you know ancient civilization that they like, or like being like, is this Rome? Is this like you know they start listing off ancient civilizations and they're like, no, it's much older. And then they're like, okay, neat. Let's bomb the shit out of this. Let's fucking nuke it. <laughs> I mean, we did say it was the American Godzilla, <laughs> but you don't get it. They're gonna make him stronger. They're gonna make him bigger. They're gonna make him better. It's gonna be stronger after this. Yes. Um. What they did was they bombed Godzilla to give him nuclear ra- radiation because he feeds on nuclear radiation. He then got stronger. We're, we're talking about Godzilla King of the Monsters, the 2019 movie. And it, it, yeah, so they, they bomb him. He gets us all this radiation. And then he gets, he turns into like, quote unquote, like radioactive Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they start playing radioactive. It's fucking insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, I'm waking up. Bro, bro. <laughs> Because Godzilla's <laughs> turning red and destroying Boston. Oh, I would love to see. Is there a cut of that? I hope that someone makes that a cut. Someone has like, to. He gets like a. It also because he gets like a palette swap. He like turns like red Godzilla because mm-hmm. he's like supercharged. Yeah, yeah. And yet, all on all that's happening while like let's get like that family plotline is going down between mm-hmm. uh, Millie Bobby Brown, which what's her name, Matt Madison. Yeah. And, like, her two parents, which I don't think I ever remembered their names. Matt and Emma. Yeah. and the, It's and okay. Just, <laughs> and they're just, like, doing shit while this, while this like, kind of, like, fi- while fight night is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, because they, because Matt and Emma were in the first Godzilla movie as, like, mm-hmm. C-list characters. And then they became the A-team for this movie. Uh, they got a divorce, I think went because it's it, it plays up like that and that's like the theme that's kind of going on is like my my parents are divorced and and uh millie bobby brown just wants them to be together mm-hmm. um because they say that like oh matt became a drunkard yeah uh because their son died in the last godzilla fight yeah um ne- it's never addressed it's just that's like that's like the throwaway justification for why the parents are separated and why they f- they're basically fighting the entire movie mm-hmm. i mean other than like the mom like secretly became an eco-fascist uh, <laughs> it's now leading a global terrorist organization mm-hmm. wild uh <laughs> yeah it's it is a movie strangely it's one of those movies where it's like, I thought this about the original Godzilla too, where it's like somehow these like four core characters that at times feel like they're doing nothing also are like in control of all of the major plot like switches. Yeah. Like they somehow have control of all these different military departments while also being like a suburban like white family that just kind of yeah. like has all the time to like angst over their, their like kind of like falling apart marriage. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, this this white family and their falling apart marriage is literally destroying the world. <laughs> That's true. Joe, the, 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 fault, the failings of the nuclear family, that's, that's what's happening right now. It's gone nuclear. <laughs> Ew, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, it's, the subplot I couldn't give less of a shit about. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you couldn't yeah. tell, uh, I'm more interested in the way they try to characterize Godzilla, which is why, you know, we have this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I do, I think that's part of it though, right? Like part of this story and part of how they're humanizing Godzilla, I think you're right. They're trying to make it like a force of nature, right? And nature's trying to bring this family together kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like nature is on the side of this family getting back together. Right? No, no, it isn't. Didn't mom sacrifice herself? Yeah, to stop King Ghidorah. I guess. King Still. invasive species. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you know? Humans were involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, because um, because uh, eco-fascist mom wakes up King Ghidorah as a means to uh, uh, wipe the earth clean because of overpopulation and uh environmental waste we you know humans are the disease uh i'm not mm-hmm. sure if if y'all have ever watched the movie kingsman we, i would love to do that uh down the line mm-hmm. but the, the kingsman with uh the villain valentine who's played by Samuel L. jackson it's the same it's the same literally the same thought process yeah some straight bond villain shit 
and I love it. Yeah. I, yeah, I love how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. The it's like it's not I guess it's just nihilism. It's like the mm-hmm. nihilistic villain kind of being so empowered that they can bring their their very hammy philosophy to life, right? They mm-hmm. can uh rightfully like bring like bring about the you know the new world order or something like that and kind of reshape it to as they imagine it kind of thing. And it, it never works just because it's so over the top. I think the only reason it starts to work here is because this movie just is over the top. It's so silly. It's so dumb. And as from what I understand about Kingsman, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I don't think I saw it with you originally. That movie is also kind of over the top and kind of a little bit goofy. Yeah. Like pointedly. So mm-hmm. that that's, and that is the difference. I think Kingsman knowingly is over the top and goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this the the problem with this new monster verse is that it hasn't quite find the balance quite found the balance between the two yet mm-hmm. hopefully they do in the next one but mm-hmm. yeah we should back to godzilla <laughs> yeah. no i mean i strangely i think you're i think you're right because i think they're trying to find this kind of right balance here because these movies are kind of action horror movies almost because at the beginning of the movie Godzilla is framed as like a almost an abomination of sorts. You yeah. know, I, I I was thinking how this movie is almost like it's it's a little bit cosmic horror inspired because there's this large uh, abomination that's kind of terrorizing our characters and they can do almost nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And and like especially in that opening kind of when they're underwater and just seeing this kind of glowing form coming closer and closer and closer to you, that's like I was like this is actually a little bit scary. Like I think this actually kind of works. This is like a little bit disempowering for all our major characters, and it forces them to also like I think they had to pull down the shields and they had to try to be vulnerable because this creature is just so much more you know extravagant and awesome than them, and so it's just. It's just more so that that was the one point in the movie I remember thinking, oh, this feels like the original where Godzilla is a kind of he's he's scary. Now he's horrifying. Yeah, he's scary and he's horrifying. But because humans release something that's even more terrible and awful, Mm -hmm. um, they're forced to try and coerce Godzilla to fight for to fight this monster and restore some sort of quote unquote balance. Which is, which is, I will now direct you to the, to the, uh, nature is healing meme. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's that's really what they're trying to like make Godzilla out to be. And it's just like a kind of a strange shift in the movie. Mm -hmm. It happens very suddenly. Um, especially for our main, you know, the main character, uh, Matt, who walks into this movie saying, I hate all the kaiju, look kill them all and then all of a sudden he's just like i love godzilla we need him (laughs) (laughs) yeah his characterization is all over the fucking place like he's just he's just he's just what's he what's even going on with him because it's like he's just like oh i hate you know i hate all titans Uh." (laughs) and then yeah it's and then he's like i want to chase godzilla across the entire world Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Godzilla's going to help me find my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand, Which, Joe? We're joining the fight this time. Oh, my God. Really? Every time these military... Like, every time these military people, quote-unquote, join the fight, you, you get this fra- this camera work that's meant to really glor- you know, glorify the military, and they immediately oh, yeah. get, like, eaten or destroyed or vaporized by a monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like bringing the jets, and every single jet gets like struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that so weird, right? Like, it's <laughs> it's so weird because I feel like to your point, that is like the weirdest thing about this aspect. And I don't think like there's nothing to it about people who've just kind of said that like when Americans got their hands on Godzilla, Godzilla suddenly became no longer just this kind of monstrosity. He was now this kind of weird ally. This weird sense that, like, he was powered by, you know, radiation and nuclear bombs. And now, like, in order to defeat a greater evil, you must use nuclear bombs and the military. And that feels kind of bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Michael, Michael, they are not the military, to be clear. <laughs> That's they are, true. They, they are <laughs> their own organization that has heavily for, he- heavy, heavily fortified bases all across the world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
they are heavily weaponized. <laughs> but they're not the U.S. military. <laughs> but they're not military. <laughs> they have jets. They're not the U.S. military. They have nuclear bombs. They're not the U.S. military. <laughs> they have U.S. military gear. <laughs> they're not the U.S. military. <laughs> but don't worry. Nature is on their side. <laughs> And nature is nuclear bombs. And this, and once again, like, and maybe this is getting to like a bigger point of Godzilla, like, kind of functions as like a sense of domination. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna connect this to something fucking wild. I'm gonna connect this to the X Men supervillain apocalypse. Please. Um, <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, the X Men supervillain apocalypse. He is he's supposed to be an ancient evil. Mm-hmm. Um. He wake he wakes up every so many years. He collects horsemen because you know horsemen are the apocalypse. That's fun. Of and his whole thing is that he's like one of the first mutants uh, of the X Men to ever exist, and mm-hmm. he wants mutants to kill all humans and then fight each other for the strongest mutants. Like that mm-hmm. is like his shtick. Um, mm-hmm. And this is what Godzilla feels like now. Mm-hmm force who wants only the strongest to survive and when you pair that with something that's supposed to be identified with the military and their globe trotting i really don't like this look Mm. i really don't like the way they've taken godzilla the the direction they've taken him no it it feels even worse too just because there's like a word for it that i'm forgetting i mean i guess imperialist is just the the main kind of uh, idea here because I guess you can make a case that Emma is wrong, but like the moments where she is like, oh, well, look at the earth. Like after, you know, they destroy all these worlds, nature comes back outside of humans, right? Uh, but it's like, it feels weirder, especially specifically in the United States, where like we, all those areas that they destroyed, there were people who once were on those areas. It wasn't <laughs> just, a you know, an empty patch of nature. But, you know, I guess you could say that she's the villain, so inherently she's wrong. But it it's just, it's just the film has distorted, has a very distorted view, even in its like framing from like the bad guys, like logic of what like balance is like that's kind of the theme it keeps coming back to like this like the theory of like balance in our world mm-hmm. you know once again i know things like uh like things like overpopulation and like a lot of those things are myths created by kind of like large corporations to fund essentially to make the problem seem like it's the whole of humanity and not like the main corporations i uh you know polluting the shit out of our world kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah there's no real conversation with that. It's just, oh, doesn't this suck? Oh, big monsters kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel, and, and I think you're right. This is where the whole Godzilla is one with radiation. Like that's kind of intrinsically connected to what this character is that you can't really get away from. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels, it just feels bad. Like it, it just feels, it, it leaves a certain bad taste in your mouth while watching it. Mm-hmm. I spit on you, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, not a fan of the way that they're trying to use him thematically. Um, mm-hmm. But we are talking about a giant mutant lizard who's ancient but feeds on radiation. Does he at least fucking look cool to you, Michael? Oh, yes, this Godzilla? Yeah, I think so. I like the yeah. way Godzilla looks. You like chunky Godzilla? I like Junkie Godzilla. Yeah, I like I like it. It's like he it's like he he started to do a lot of shoulder work, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did a lot of shoulder work. His traps are really there. So uh, so now all of a sudden, like his neck is a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it feels I you know the, the thing I wish he had that because they're owning the whole like Paleolithic mm-hmm. uh, thing theme is I wish he had feathers. I wish he had feathers, you know? Michael, the general populace has not accepted that dinosaurs had feathers yet. We're still, but they have we're still feathers. on scaly lizards. Where are they feathers? <laughs> I know, I know. Believe me, when I saw Rodan, I kind of hoped Rodan would have feathers. Mm-hmm. But Rodan did not. Uh, Mothra is the closest thing you're going to get. Rodan kind of did, because Rodan's kind of crow-like. I thought mm-hmm. Rodan's design was actually kind of cool. I was like, oh, let's go. Yeah. Come from like a volcano. That's kind of sick. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, like, which, just, like, maybe this is all, yeah, this is all asking too much from a, you know, our, our, our silly monster movie kind of thing. Like, we're not, I'm not expecting kind of, like, deep character work happening here, I guess. I guess both to the contrary of that. That's kind of the point why I'd be like superhero stuff, because it is meant to be kind of simple. And when they mess it up, that's why, like, I don't like The Incredibles, because I don't really go to superhero stuff for the most, like, you know, layered and complicated story. But when they when you start to kind of mess up with the iconography and the messaging of that, that's when I start to get annoyed with it. Like, that's why I don't like The Incredibles, because it, it messes up the kind of basic storyline I like for superhero movies. Hot take. Michael doesn't like The Incredibles. You heard I'll, me here I'll, first, I'll say this on main. Yeah, I don't like The Incredibles. Uh, so I guess, but I guess that like to my to that end, do you think Godzilla should stay as the hero or the villain? You know, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, Godzilla was framed as the hero, especially in the 70s and 90s uh, versions of those movies. Mm-hmm. He's the hero who's fighting these other monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to root for him. But with with the way in which uh, this monarch organization, this, whatever it is, whatever this this uh, pseudo military or- organization is, I think there, I, I, it seems like this monster universe is going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. And I would prefer I would prefer him be a villain if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would prefer like the the threat of like radiation and like weapons would still be a a key theme because I think that will I think that naturally leads to more tension, especially mm-hmm. in your stories. Godzilla yeah. makes more sense as a villain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is why I'm rooting for Monkey. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what about you, Michael? Hero or villain for Godzilla? You know, it's interesting just because I, I was when we were watching the original nineteen fifty four movie. Uh, what's Emiko's dad's name? Uh, it's the it's the he's the uh, he's also a professor. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. professor, and he's his whole like stance the whole movie is that we shouldn't kill Godzilla, right? He's like, oh, Godzilla is this creature from the a, a you know the previous pa- from the from the past, and we need to preserve him. You know, he shouldn't die, right? And it's like some tension between him and uh, uh, Okata that, like, whether or not this he should be kind of disposed of. Mm-hmm. And there's like lots of scenes where it seems like he's kind of I don't want to say empathizing with, but like he's just like looking out the window and he's kind of like looking towards like wherever Godzilla might be coming from. He, there's this weird kind of connection that's built between them that I remember thinking like, there's something here. I don't know what it is exactly. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can see how someone would... Maybe this is possibly where the idea of Godzilla not being entirely a villain came from. Yeah. But I don't think whatever, conte- like whatever context that original movie had, that these, these new ones don't. Like, they don't have it. <laughs> and so, that's why, like, I think when I went back and watched it, I was just like, oh, okay. I... I don't know what to think about this. I feel like there's something here that I'm, I I am struggling to find the words for, you know. Yeah, it, it's a little bit confusing because when I was watching the movie and I saw that character's reaction to Godzilla in that way, I I was kind of I I was on um I I was on Emiko's side. I'm like, you're kidding, right? Like this is this is meant to be the embodiment and representation of radiation. Mm-hmm. Why are, why like. I can't help but feel like what that was trying to do was be like, quote unquote, like realistic in the sense that like he's technically a creature. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like that may have been like a more more of like a grounding device for like Godzilla isn't like this benevolent being like he is like a real thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, I, I can't help but feel like that was the purpose for having that viewpoint for that character. Yeah, I suppose there is also the the viewpoint of like this creature was awakened by like h-bomb uh testing and Mm -hmm. what like like, kind of what's going on there and so like perhaps like in that i like i don't know if there's maybe trying to go for an angle of that like godzilla's like didn't ask to be awoken it was just a Mm -hmm. you know he was just awoken by uh by people like like people's activity and now he's just kind of stomping around 
mm-hmm. because just why the fuck not? You know, we need a plot and a conflict, but it's just, and it's like, I just don't know. And I, and I, and I wonder if like, I think with that, like a, a firm version of that direction, perhaps we could still have the whole, like Godzilla is uh, a hero. If possibly like, you know, one who's also suffering, like who's also suffered as a direct result of, you know, radiation, but I don't know. Cause like radiation explicitly is used as like just a, a signifier of both war and like humans footprint. Right. Yeah. Which like, it's like, it's like not even true, right? Like United States, right? Like that is explicitly <laughs> the force mm-hmm. being, we should be calling out here uh, as that's what's in reference to, but yeah, maybe I'm just pushing because I, st- I still want to like my giant lizard. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do like him. Mm-hmm. And I think in that's why Godzilla is persistent. That's why Warner Brothers took that property and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of whether or not we think he's a hero or a villain, they're still going to make a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're still going to want to go see giant lizard smash giant monkey. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for this. Um, I'm so here for this. Godzilla is a hero whether we like him or not because he's still mm-hmm. the star of the movie. That's why we <laughs> go to see like we we go to see the movie because of him, right? Of course. Um although I fear if we set that example that opens kind of a Pandora's box for our podcast structure. <laughs> and that uh fuck it, we're 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 going to we're going to watch uh we're, we're going to do an episode on uh Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> he's the, he's the hero. I mean, there are so many people talking about Hannibal. Like, you can go listen to those people talk about it kind of thing. That being said, like, we still... I guess the difference is, like, in a a movie that has Hannibal Lecter in it, you don't root for Hannibal. You want him to be captured because he's, you know, a murderer and he eats people. Uh, He's a cannibal. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know what? Uh, My giant uh, lizard who destroys cities, I think, is nicer and cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's sweet, mm-hmm. and I think um, because we go and root for him, he's a, uh, you know, it, it, it is kind of hard now outside of that very first movie to not have an empathetic uh, viewpoint for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's, I wonder if it's in the way in which franchises have a way of expanding past that first movie right people talk about this a lot with i think explicitly stuff that might be kind of horrifying like the you know halloween friday the 13th i think like friday the 13th is like a really interesting example just because jason Voorhees doesn't exist right it's his mom spoilers Mm -hmm. i guess but it's uh it's his mom like jason Voorhees, the idea of him as like uh, this kind of this uh, you know horror icon was really born from like his mom who was like dealing with the the, the 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 grief of her lost son, and so that person doesn't really exist until Friday the Thirteenth Two, where no, it's like no, just kidding. Jason Voorhees does exist. The, you know he's actually going around you know murking people, and I feel like you know as like a, in any type of horror thing, we kind of keep going with that. Like, there's the Saw series, which, admittedly, those movies were kind of always just kind of gross-out films. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that's another thing of, like, there's the first one that came along, and it, you know, really enticed people and really engaged with them. And then it just, like, it, it got, like, grosser and grosser, and, like, the weird kind of, like, frame of logic that Jigsaw had kind of just devolved into, like, essentially what was, like, torture porn. And so... I I guess part of me wonders with Godzilla if it's the same thing that like people took the icon the iconography of it and really liked it and then just kind of made their own thing with it, mm-hmm. which is like I I don't know how I, I don't know if that's good or bad but it does seem like it's just it's two different entities right maybe it's just what happens when something is reincarnated that many times you just have different runs of it. Mm-hmm. Which once again, like we like superheroes, and how many different variations of Spider-Man are there? There are variations of Spider-Man we probably don't like. Yeah, I really hate. Fuck, I can't think of a Spider-Man I hate right now. <laughs> there's like, a, I mean, there's like a specific run I think by uh, 
Oh my goodness, I forget what he was, who he was. It was during all the Parker Industries stuff. Dance lot. Dance lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That like he made him like he, they. It's like during the time when they made him a little bit too much like Iron Man. Yeah, I think uh, th- I could see how there is an angle with that specific Spider-Man that could have worked. Like if Spider-Man is like owner of a tech industry, he's actually still a dweeb and doesn't quite know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And the like the point is to be like, this isn't Spider-Man. Spider-Man is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the problem with that run is that it was kind of redundant because it came right after Dr. Octopus was Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was redundant, and I think I just said redundant twice. It's all for synergy, man. But <laughs> back to Godzilla, yeah, there's going to be different incarnations of him. There's, you know, mm-hmm. we, I haven't seen all those movies in between that have introduced these really fun uh, kaiju characters. Like, uh, I haven't seen Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I haven't seen Godzilla versus Rodan. Godzilla versus Mothra. I haven't seen any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why Godzilla wants to fuck Mothra in this version, but hey, whatever. <laughs> um, whatever. <laughs> like, I I don't know where that comes from. Uh, maybe there is a basis for that, and that's cool. But that's true. this version is taking that, uh, taking that idea, and that's the point. Like they're they're gonna do different things. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think Michael and I just don't like this one. Yeah. Yeah. I do find it funny that they they like they were like, oh, like a symbiosis between two creatures. And I remember watching that and I legitimately thought, well, I mean, like Pokemon egg moves exist. What is like <laughs> the thing like uh, Skitty and Whalemur are in the same egg group? Yes, it's true. A giant <laughs> whale can technically create an egg with a little house cat. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon said fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pokemon's wild. Literally, that movie is about, like, a nuclear family deteriorating as a result of, like, a natural... What is, like, framed as a natural disaster, right? I mm-hmm. think that's the other half of the whole, like, Godzilla is nature. He's also, like, a natural disaster. You know, he, he you know, destroyed their home, right? And they and, and they lost a kid in the, uh, as a result. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what Godzilla kind of comes down to. You mentioned that there's, like, cosmic horror elements to it. Mm-hmm. but they're disaster movies mm-hmm. what i'm saying is godzilla is no different than airplane <laughs> um <laughs> disaster movies and the and it's meant to evoke this sense of uh we as humans don't have control mm-hmm. but of course these two parents are trying to control their relationship mm-hmm. but god but and i think that's also what's like twisted about the whole thing is like godzilla acts as like an agent of control mm-hmm it's so weird, right? Like it's just there's too much going on in that movie, right? It can it can be several things. I think you know, like that's what I like, think. Uh, like with the 1954 movie, it may be a really simple movie, but it does seem like it knows what it's about. This new one doesn't know what it's about because, like, even the idea that at the very end of the movie when they're like, oh, like you know, thank goodness he's on our side, and then one of them is like. Well, for now. And I was like, wasn't this whole movie about how Godzilla's on our side? Mm-hmm. And, and like, the ending is shot and, like, you know, like, the, you know, dramatic violins are going. And it's like, oh, no, is, you know, is, is Godzilla now the, uh, like, now, because he's the king of all monsters, is he now, like, whoa, like, the, the, the big bad? And I remember being like, what? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Which is Man. a movie? what what are we what are we doing here what are we some kind of monster squad <laughs> that's another warner brothers movie yeah we don't have to, uh, would i rather watch suicide squad again or the snyder cut that's the question of the hour joe i would probably watch the snyder cut if i had to pick <sighs> between the two yeah but Actually, i'm not going to four hours though i know i know but everyone says it's better than the previous version. So? <laughs> I know. The room I is think, better than the previous version. I think people are just thirsty for movies. <laughs> eh, fair enough. Because we haven't had any movies. Did you know that there's going to be four Marvel movies coming out this year? Mm-hmm. Four. Yeah. That's insane. It's a lot of movies. And one of them you're going to have to pay 30 bucks for. Yeah. And we're going to pay it. Yeah. 
Well, we'll split it, so it'll be like a normal movie ticket. <laughs> That's true, and we'll watch it with our respective people. So, at very least, you know, take that, Disney. So, what you gonna do? <laughs> oh no, Michael, Disney's here to take us down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we probably shouldn't joke like that. Disney's very powerful. We just have, like, a Mickey Mouse, like, a red, uh, Mickey Mouse-shaped red dot, like, above our forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't fuck with the mouse. (laughs) Uh Oh, you fucked with the wrong mouse today! (laughs) In in that, Mickey Mouse is truly the cosmic horror beast. That's what we should see next. I want to see a live-action Mickey Mouse versus Godzilla. I'm sure as hell rooting for Godzilla in that fight. (laughs) I guess, yeah. Unless, like, unless Mickey Mouse is, like, his incarnation from Kingdom Hearts, then, like... Well, I got a question for you. If there was a theoretical Godzilla versus Mickey Mouse ver- Mickey Mouse fight, would it be A, a 2D Mickey Mouse, B, a 3D Mickey Mouse, or C, a guy in a Mickey Mouse costume from Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 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 got to be the 2D, right? Like, you know, the poor workers that are forced to wear those mascot costumes, they, they, they did nothing wrong. They're just trying to get a job. And the, yeah. I think the 3D is like the, uh, it's the new incarnation. It's the new sun. And so that, that original 2D, I want to see Steamboat Willie <laughs> punching, like, you know, getting punched in the face by Godzilla's, like, uh, radioactive beam. Maybe. Uh, That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, we're we're kind of getting to time here, so I'm I'm curious, Joe. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on Godzilla before we go into Godzilla versus Kong next week. Um, I hope he loses. Ooh, I hope he loses. Um, which is sad because I really like the original Godzilla. I like the original concept of Godzilla. It's this mm-hmm. incarnation explicitly that I am um I, I have a hard time with. Although mm-hmm. definitely Kong is the underdog here because uh. He's just a monkey. <laughs> he's just, just a monkey. He's just a big monkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's just a big monkey. And Godzilla, he has a fucking nuclear radiation beam. He's a giant T-Rex. He's got spikes on his back. He's got reptile skin. Mm-hmm. He's the king of all monsters. How can he lose? But I want him to. Because mm-hmm. I don't like this idea of Godzilla being like being like quote unquote a force of nature, but also like being the control of like nuclear weapons and militarization and mm-hmm. imperialism throughout the world. I think these themes don't work and, and together. No. So, yeah, I know that we do. Th- it's funny. We do this thing where we talk about a champion, and at the end of our episodes, we ask whether or not there's a worthy champion. So we did the stretch of making our champion a giant fucking lizard, and I'm going to go and say no <laughs> at the end of the episode. He's not a worthy champion. <laughs> so anyway, Michael, <laughs> what do you think of him? Oh, I, I, you know, after all this, you know, after converse, like genuinely conversing this time, I really want to be transparent here. Joe and I, because we just thought this would be a silly, goofy episode, really just kind of hopped straight into the conversation this time. And, it, you know, talking about it for this long really has made me just kind of realize all the weird stuff I really like about this and I really don't. And I think you're right. I don't think Godzilla should be a hero, so to say. That being said, the themes that they're trying to push... Of the idea of, like, you know, these, like, pre, you know, like, kind of pre-our-time period monsters and titans can all still coexist. They just can't be tied to, like you said, this these also these themes of imperialism and radiation that is, like, meant to be as explicit as you can get as, like, iconography for war. And even if he just stood as, like, a horror monster, I can also think that's cool. Like, I, I still like cosmic horror. I still like giant uh, creatures. Like, there's something interesting about like stories where our protagonists or whoever are disempowered in that way and it's it can really be illuminating to whatever themes you're trying to push but it, you know once again you need to then know what your monster symbolizes and i don't think these new movies do they just really like the iconography of giant lizard uh so i think i think i'm in agreement with you even though this has this has kind of solidified things i like about it and 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 
worsened uh, and like made me more apparent about like what there is to be critical about this. Even though I, I still like uh, Ken, uh, Ken Watanabe scene, which is like, you know, by all means, he is the best actor in those movies. He is doing such a good job where he <laughs> says he call yeah, he goes up to Godzilla. He's like, you know, thank you. know Farewell, my friend. Uh, and I, I, I like that because once again, he's, he's a good actor and he knows exactly what he's doing. Maybe I will say farewell to the idea of Godzilla being a force for good, which I guess might mean I'm also on King Kong's side. You actually, you know what this this might mean? Hmm. I know another really popular mashup is like Godzilla versus Cthulhu. I'm so here for this. It's like this 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 like you know uh, you know underwater octopus dragon that is like intangible to the mind. Could Godzilla beat that? <laughs> I don't know. If he's a force of radiation, maybe. Well, either way, this has been fun to to at least just geek out and talk about. You know, at least we finally have a no. You know, I was asking myself the other day, will Joe and I ever have a champion where we're like, no, maybe this champion isn't a worthy champion of the of the title. And you know, I'm glad in our fifth episode we finally came up, you know, keeping audience members on their toe. No. This <laughs> got so stuck in the champion uh champion belt. And it's not it's not for lack of like Godzilla being a character in his own right with mm-hmm. you know interesting themes and motivations. I mean like I'm motivated to smash things too, but <laughs> the problem is is like the way he's functioning in this specific uh this specific monster verse um that Wonder Brothers has created, uh it is a no from me. Mm-hmm. However, if we were talking about the original uh Godzilla, it would probably be a yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, maybe if someone ever does that version of that movie, I would love to see it. Probably but. Shin Godzilla. I've heard a lot of oh. really good things about that. It might even go more along the lines of your cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to check that out this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At very least, you know, a, you know, this this movie at least gave me some ideas for our D&D campaign. So. Great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, well, we're going to fight a giant lizard monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this has been a lot of fun, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. And we look forward to joining you. Uh, we look forward to joining us for Fight Night next week. Uh, but until then, bye. Bye. All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Champion Casters. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at champion underscore cast. You can also email us any of your thoughts or questions at championcasters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to give thanks to the following. Shan Theobald for our logo artwork. Adam Renroe for our intro and outro music. Joseph Tomlin for managing our social media. And Michael Ruiz for editing our episodes. <laughs> and I have been your host, Michael Ruiz. You can find me at twitter.com at next underscore entry. And the video essays I write on my YouTube channel, Next Entry. I have also been your host, Joseph Tomlin. You can find me at twitter.com and Instagram at joke Tomlin. That is J-O-U-K-T-O-M-L-I-N. Thanks again for listening, everyone.